Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome back to the All Things Renovation Kitchen Series. Today, it's only natural that we're talking about backsplashes after getting into the countertops in the last episode. Fun fact, the origin of the backsplash was based from the need to have a surface that could be cleaned or sterilized in a hospital setting or in a public space. The Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 was a big tipping point for this. Let's say hashtag necessity being the mother of invention here. The adoption into our kitchens took about a decade longer and were part of the fitted kitchen cabinet trend that we still see today. Many materials and products can and have been used for backsplashes, and they can really add to your overall design, be it with a flourish and making a statement, or with understated simplicity. You can use the same materials as you did with your countertop, or something different. Now with plastic laminate, often but not always, can come with a four inch high integrated splash. Um, with stone, the natural or manufactured, uh, glass and metals, um, they could all be used at various heights from the standard four inch high all the way to the underside of the cabinets, behind the range, um, above the sink, or they can go all the way to the ceiling as well. Now I can't say I've seen or that I would recommend a wood backsplash as wood and water don't play nice, but um, you know, maybe I just haven't seen it, but I, overall I wouldn't recommend it. Now tile. Tile is by far the most common material and again it can be installed like even one tile high and it can go all the way up to the cabinetry or into the ceiling or up to the ceiling rather and there's a ton, like lots, lots and lots of different patterns and colors depending on your preferred design. And again here you may want to jump back into your sort of foundational work with your pictures and some of your dreaming um, design intent to really get a, a good indication of maybe the direction that you'd want to go if you've sort of forgotten uh, after all these tons and tons of decisions you've made so far um, about what that might be for you. Now there's been lots of trends that have come and gone for tile backsplashes. Uh, you know often there was like a four by four tile, four inch by four inch tile with fruit and flower motifs on it um, there was a bunch of different tumbled looks and colors and borders and glass mosaics. But by far, the one that has stood the test of time seems to have been the subway tile. Now, the first use of the subway tile was, drumroll please, was below ground in New York's subway system. And hence the Oso original name of subway tile. Uh, the size is usually three by six. But these days, the material sizes and colors are played with to make all the variations seem fresh and new. But at its core, it's still a subway tile, be it glass, white, another color, glossy or matte, or with a slightly different width and height. Um, regardless, it could all be classified as a subway tile. Now, it's such a classic, you can't really go wrong with choosing it. So there's some security and comfort in that. Now, you may feel uh, overwhelmed by all of the possibilities when you get to making this decision and you would absolutely not be alone in that. We've had clients not 
uh, be able to make a decision until after they've lived in the space for a bit. Now, for us, it's harder to work in an occupied kitchen, but it's not impossible, so never fear. Even if you haven't chosen one sort of towards the end of your project, um, you can always do so after the fact. Um, that said, you know, tile is more easily installed than, say, like a, a granite or a manufactured stone. So I would say if you're going to go tile, you could maybe wait a little bit, but if you're going to go with your countertop material, you'd probably want to do it all at one go. Anyway, so before going to a tile shop, it might be a good idea to consider, again, what that overall design intent is. It'll help to weed out and narrow the options before you even park the car in front of the shop. Because once you get in there, let me tell you, there's going to be so many options, uh, it is very easy to be overwhelmed. So do you want a planar solid color, or do you want a multicolored pattern mosaic style of tile? Uh, if you have a busy countertop, you may want to be looking for a more subdued tile. But if you have a uniform or a subtle look in your countertop, you may want to be a bit bolder with your color or size or mosaic or something um, for your backsplash. So you can kind of go either way. Just keep in mind what your uh, design choices and stuff have already been up until now. Uh, now, again, color, texture, shape um, are a huge number of options. Uh, you know, the classic subway tile in white or any iteration of it. Uh, you can get squares, hexagons, the mosaics, uh, really long strips, um, a whole host of rainbow of colors to choose from, and lots of textures such as reliefed or antiqued or tumbled. Um, you want to consider what your layout is going to be. Uh, even with a neutral or basic tile, you can achieve a pretty dynamic look by how they are installed. So some of the layouts uh, you know, are a little bit more classic, some are a little more uh, out there. Um, Classic styles would be brick, uh, stacked, or like a herringbone. So brick is like, you know, your brick fireplace, you know, a tile, a tile sort of bisects one tile above and so forth. Um, stacked, obviously, one on top of each other, and a herringbone is sort of a zigzaggy pattern. Um, tiles can run vertically on the walls. Uh, they You can have intermixed uh, layouts and tile sizes, so you have maybe a herringbone or sorry, a, a subway tile, and then you get to behind a, a feature, whether it's your, your range or a sink, and you can change the tiles um, in that area or the direction of the tiles there. Um, and then, you know, with the idea of a, an accent area, um, you can still use the same same tile uh, as a field, but maybe you have just a small little accent tile that defines that area. Um, or like maybe like a border tile um, to subtly break the, the flow or maybe it aligns with something. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different ways you can go with the layout. Um, and again, going back to some of those original pictures and things of, of uh, design um, that you were looking at, that'll help you sort of come to a, an idea where you want to go. Now, here's a pro tip for you. Uh, it's a good idea to check with your tile or um, about the exact layout that you want uh, and make sure that they mark out the center lines of the key areas and be aware of how the cut tiles end up looking. So what I mean by this is that say you you know you want a subway tile brick laid um, but you want to make sure that you know a center line of a, a grout line would maybe end up center of the range or between cabinets or floating shelves have um, a location so the vertical grout lines need to be 
or sorry, the horizontal grout lines need to kind of align with those. Um, and then what about uh, what happens at the corner tiles uh, when they get cut? Um, because oftentimes you're not going to end up with a full tile running right into the corner. Are they only going to be a sliver wide? Are they going to be, you know, at least a half a tile looks better? Uh, and what about, um, again, like these grout lines, Ver vertically and horizontally, they may need to align with different things. Um, you know, it's really easy to erase pencil lines on the wall and it's much harder to move tile once it's installed. So this is a really good um, element uh, to discuss with your tile installer just to make sure that everybody knows that we're all on the same page and nobody's going to end up with a surprise uh, once the tile is in. Um, so the open sides of the tiles, and the, the, the cut edges on the ends and the, and the top, they can be capped with uh, decorative bullnose tiles, which is, you know, a little bit more traditional, I guess, back, you know, in the 80s and 90s. In essence, that, you know, the you have the same tiles, but they have a little um, option for a little rounded edge at the top um, to finish off the look. Um, and you can even get ones that are rounded on two sides so that you would have a corner, for instance. Um, or you can use uh, a metal edging or strip that sort of finishes off that rough edge of the tile and it comes in a lot of different metal colors and profiles and finishes so you can usually match it to say like your faucet for instance. Um, now grout. Grout can totally transform the effect of your backsplash. So for example again just going back to a, a white subway tile with a white grout this is going to be a more subdued um, you know relaxed sort of you know, it's not going to be hitting you in the face. It's just going to do its job and it's just going to be a nice subtle background. But if you were to use a, a contrasting color like black, all of a sudden it becomes much more graphic and it really makes a statement. So there's a whole bunch of different colors you can choose from, um, right from lights, uh, to light neutrals, all the way to more dramatic colors that you can match to the color of your tile or, or like I say, make a statement. So, um, you know, it's kind of like the... The sky is the limit here. Now on the topic of grout, you're going to want to make sure you choose a good quality one that has like an integrated sealant so you don't have to keep on sealing the grout all the time. And tile costs can range drastically, but even a budget tile can be made to dazzle or provide an understated sort of sophistication with a great layout and uh, grout up choices that you make. Now I hope you have fun choosing your backsplash and I hope that, you know, some of the uh, options we've discussed today uh, sort of give you a, at least a, a jumping off point to start making a decision from. And I really appreciate you listening to this episode as well as others in the series. So feel free to go back and listen to those or move forward and listen to the ones that are coming up after this. And a kitchen is definitely worth uh, having a contractor on the job. And if you're ready to take those next, uh, next steps, we are, of course, happy to consult with you on your next dream kitchen. Ciao for now. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.